find out what's making you sick and how to heal. Anthony William is the medical medium. Hello, I'm Anthony William, and you're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else and is decades ahead of what's out there now. Bell's palsy happens to be an example of this. And I say this because years and years and years ago, the thought that shingles the virus had anything to do with Bell's palsy did not exist. It didn't exist anywhere in medicine, but yet spirit offered me the information and going all the way back decades, I was helping people out, telling them that their Bell's palsy was a shingles virus. Now, not every type of Bell's palsy Sometimes a Bell palsy could be a stroke, but that's a different story that's different than Bell's palsy, and there's different symptoms, so much many more different symptoms that come along with it. I'm already jumping into the show. This is unbelievable. So today we're talking about Bell's palsy. Now, you know, with my shows, um, this is the only health show anywhere, only health show anywhere that the information is not from Groups like interest groups and medical funding with strings attached and botch, botch research, um, internal kickbacks, persuaded belief systems, private panel of influencers. Yeah, does that stuff matter to say? Does it matter to talk about? Yes, it does. Because there's always something behind information that's even passed down or passed around in alternative medicine and conventional medicine, both, but even alternative alternative medicine. And because just Bell's palsy alone is going to get cast off. It's like genetic down the road. It's some kind of genetic thing. Meanwhile, we know what it is, and we're going to talk all about what it is and how you get it and everything else. This is the only show where the health information comes from pure, untampered with, clean, a clean source, a higher source. A source that was given to me at the age of four, a gift that was given to me I was blessed with and or cursed with or cursed with. (laughs) That's how I felt anyway when I first received the gift. And along the way, I had my tantrums, of course. While dealing with the gift, but the gift is for you guys. It's for you. It's always been for the people. Spirit said said that to me a long time ago. Spirit said that, you know, this gift isn't for you. For you. And I remember I was crying. I was complaining. <clears throat> I remember there was this one time when I was, I think about 12, between 12 and 13 years of age. I think it was in the fall because I remember the leaves on the trees. I was outside in nature and the leaves on the trees were turning the red. You know, the maples were turning turning red and orange and those beautiful colors and the oak trees were turning those beautiful colors. And I remember, and I had this little, it was a beautiful day. The sun was out. The temperature was perfect. It wasn't crazy hot and it wasn't cold. And I remember having a tantrum. I was 12 and a half years of age and I was having a tantrum to spirit. And I said, you know, why me? Why do I have this gift? Why do I have to deal with this? Always knowing what's wrong with every single person, no matter what the case is, no matter where I am, no matter who's in front of me. Why do I have to hear this and see this? You know, why was I given this gift? And Spirit said to me, this gift wasn't for you. I was like, what? I was in shock. I was in shock. I was in shock. And I know Spirit mentioned that to me over the years, you know, even a little bit before that once in a while. But I didn't didn't quite get it because I wasn't at that age where I couldn't understand certain things. And... And, and Spirit said, this gift, this, this wasn't for you. This isn't for you. And I was like, what? I was, was, my mind was blown. Spirit said, this is for everybody else. This is for them. This is for them, the people that you, you, you're upset about. 
The people that you're upset about because you see what's going inside with them every day. This is for them. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, okay, I get it, I get it. And that just made it worse. <laughs> made it worse when you're younger. But, you know, <laughs> but the whole point is the source of information is, is pure and tampered with information in the medical field, in the medical world. And we got to worry about that. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad that we have to worry about that in alternative medicine? It's so sad. I can't even tell you. It's so sad because funding goes in certain places. There's, there's belief systems so tied into so many different f- the fabric and pieces of the alternative medicine world. It's, it's, it's different. It's not like it was. Not like it was a long time ago. Not like it was when alternative medicine was in its, it's in its, its place in, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, then mid-1900s. And then conventional medicine tried to squash it out like a bug and, and, and just locked up conventional medicine, locked up every single chiropractor every, I mean, that, that was trying to break, break above and beyond, every single homeopath. And then the word quack was designed for all the alternative doctors in the 40s and 50s. They were ostracized. They were tortured. They were. They were. And, and it was unbelievable what happened. They had to go run off to Germany and hide. And even that wasn't even a safe place for alternative practitioners. It was unbelievable time. An unbelievable time. And alternative, and alternative medicine had a fight. And it had a fight for its right to, 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 you know, to hang in there and stay in there. Conventional medicine wanted it squashed like a bug. Put a lot of people in prison. A lot of pe- Can you believe that? You go to your naturopath, you don't even know how many naturopaths went to prison before that naturopath. Because it's so swept under the carpet. It's unbelievable how many chiropractors went to prison for, for nothing, for doing nothing back in the, in the 20s and 30s, back in the 40s. You couldn't believe the trail, the trail of darkness that, that occurred for alternative medicine to fight its way through. And then when it finally did, it finally birthed and it finally grew, the world found a way to find contamination, to slip it in and everywhere it could. So the information you don't know, it's there's studies and financial stuff behind it that's unbelievable, like no other unconventional, of course, but an alternative now. So it's a fight. What's out there on the internet? What's in books? Is it legit? Is it not? What's going on? Where's the studies? Are the studies real? Is the thumb on the scale? And that's what's going on out there. And we're not going to let any of that kind of get in the way of getting the source that, that it was born with to give you the information. And when it comes down to Bell's palsy, it has to be right. It has to be right. And that's, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Isn't this stuff, isn't this stuff annoyingly fun? It's annoying and fun. Maybe it's not fun at all. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe you don't even care. You want to just talk about Bell's palsy, but either way, I, I, you know, history, I really love the real history, history that just is completely buried and hidden and just, you know, burned up and just turned to ashes. I just, I love bringing the old history out because if you don't know where you came from, you can't appreciate what you got. And right now we got unbelievable and amazing freedom in alternative medicine, but we got some problems with a lot of the information that's tossed about in it. And there's a lot of gems and jewels, incredible information in alternative medicine and in conventional medicine. There's incredible stuff and good scientists and great doctors, incredible doctors, everybody. It's never the doctor's fault when it comes down to information being passed around, really. It's not the doctor's fault. They care. They love. They want to help you. They get into this to help you. They get into it to help you. That's the whole point. 
I, I, I know doctors that selfishly work and they just, they're, they're, they're in the trenches day in, day out. I know pediatricians that are in the trenches day in and day out. I know, you know, MDs that are in the trenches day in and day out. I got unbelievable respect. And when I hear doc, doctor, what well, I'm, I'm, you know, someone said to me, huh, oh, you don't even, you don't like doctors. You don't have respect for doctors. You should see what happens when someone's like, when they're a doctor, they come up and they come up and they say hi to me or something, or it, or I bump into a doctor somewhere. I'm like, I'm like saluting. I'm like, doctor. Oh my God. And, and, you know, whatever kind of doctor it is, doesn't matter. Including some, some healers, healers that aren't even doctors, of course, because they care. They want to help people, different practitioners, different walks of life in the, in, in the healing arts. You should see me snap too. You should see me hop too. Talking about, you know, if you talk about a guy that has no respect for doctors or practitioners, you should see me up to like you can't believe. Like, oh, my God, I just, whoa, I, I, I just, you know, I just met God. Okay? And that's I, because, because when we go into the healing arts, you know, no matter what direction, where it is, sur- surgeons, non-surgeons, it's serious stuff. It's serious stuff because it's a different line of work. It's, it's not like, oh, I'm going to choose to go this, this way in life, which is still purposeful, which is all the different ways people have purpose is amazing. The way they go into life with purpose, the way everybody has purpose, whatever job they do, it's incredible. It's incredible. But when it comes down to people that are ailing, there's, there's an emotional connection. There's an emotional connection when people are suffering. You guys know when you when you're not feeling well. There's there's it it, it tugs on the heart. So the doctor or the practitioner they have to they have to be there for that. Even if they don't have good bedside manner, doesn't mean they're not feeling it, or it doesn't mean they don't know, <clears throat> because they know they know they know you're in pain. They know you're suffering. It's the business they went into. They see it. They feel it. And there's something about that. It's something about that. And so, yeah, you see me up to, you wouldn't believe it. It's like Anthony William. Okay. Just up to like, oh my God, what do you do? Whoa. Okay. And, uh, and that's the kind of respect I have, but I know the history. And I also know how contamination has occurred within, in and out of certain information. And there's great doctors have to pick and choose and they have to pull those gems and jewels out. They even know, they even know there's stuff going on with information out there. So that's my little monologue to start with <laughs> before we before we get going. Um, thyroid healing. What do you think? Are, are you gonna Are you gonna get thyroid healing? Because when you get it, you are gonna be so psyched. You're gonna be so psyched. I mean, seriously. Um, I, I I painstakingly took down every note, word from word from spirit. And I put it in there. I didn't want to miss anything. And um, even when spirit was going on tangents, I said, okay, I'll, I'll have to fit that in somewhere. I'll have to, that's not what my question was to spirit, but I'll have to fit, I'll have to fit that in somewhere in the book. And, and I, just, I just did everything I could to get this book to where it needs to be so you become an expert. An expert not just in thyroid, but an expert in medicine in so many different ways. In so many different ways in chronic illness. So don't miss out. I talk about the thyroid, the different things about the thyroid. I talk about the undiscovered hormones of the thyroid. Talk about what the thyroid really does. What it really does for the body. Like what its job really is throughout the entire body. 
And now even if you had it surgically removed, there's tissue left over. Even the best surgeon can't get all the tissue out of a thyroid and the tissue still communicates within the body. Nobody knows this, but spirit, nobody knows this, but spirit, you know, I got some people that, you know, they just don't, they just don't like hearing what I do because you know, it's not, it's not, um, it's not the way they would like it. So like, well, okay, he's got all this information. Where did he get it? Oh, who knows where he got it? No, I know where I got the information from my source. And then you got some people that say this had to come from his source because it's impossible for this to come anywhere else. You couldn't get this in this. Does, there's no way anyone could even, you know, create this information on chronic illness. It has to come from a source. I've had people say that to me. That's it. It has to come from a source. There's no way this information can come from anywhere else but the source you talk to. I mean, it's there. It's there. You cannot miss it. I talk about what happens when, when you get sun on the thyroid. I talk about what happens when you don't get sun on the thyroid. I talk about all these different things that you wouldn't believe that nobody talks about. You're going to love it. You won't get disappointed. Um, you know, before when Life Changing Foods came out, I was like, it was last year. I think it was last summer. And I was, I was on the radio show and I said, you know what? I don't think I let you down. I don't think I let you down in this. Wait till you see this book. I know that was a risky thing to say. Because what if I let you all down? What if I let you all down? You guys, you guys, be, you guys be pissed at me. And I heard from a lot of people. Oh, no. And I saw it on social media. And when I go on Facebook and I look at Facebook and everything else. And I saw it on social media. And I saw some people say, he didn't let us down. He didn't. It's like, it's like a food Bible. He didn't let us down. It's unbelievable. You wouldn't believe what this is. And, <clears throat> and so I don't think I let you down again with thyroid healing. Meaning I don't think I let you down as well. <laughs> if that sounds right. <laughs> okay, so let's go into Bell's palsy. Here we are. Here we are. The droop. The droop in the eye. The droop in the face. The droop on one lip. The droop in the mouth. A droop on one side of the nose, the muscles that can't be used. So you can't like raise, raise your face up if you want anymore. Some people have a droop in one eye, droop just in, in one part of the mouth. Some people have a droop in an eye on one side of their face, a droop in their, in, around their mouth, at their mouth, at the other side of the face. I mean, it can go, it can go in all kinds of different ways. You can get a droop on the side of the head, but not quite really feel it because it's not hitting the face so much. But yet, it's it's there. It's kind of putting a little bit of a tug. But Bell's palsy in general can even you know affect more than that. See, they tend to if 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 Bell's palsy occurs and it does more than the face. Then, you know, a doctor would be like, well, I don't know if it's Bell's palsy. Maybe it looks like now multiple sclerosis. Maybe it looks like something else. So the guessing game happens. And then it's like, you know, where do we go? I mean, what is it? Is it Bell's palsy? We're going by a set of symptoms. Person feels it in their arm. They feel it in the shoulder and the side of their face. Is this multiple sclerosis? What is this whole thing? Still, it could be Bell's palsy. Yeah, sure. You could put a name on it. You could put multiple MS on things, whatever you want. But what causes MS? Well, it's viral. What causes Bell palsy? It's viral. It's viral. It's just with Bell palsy, with Bell palsy, it's the shingles virus. 
I brought this to the table through spirit. I was the first. I, I, I'm going to I'm bold enough to say that because I can say it. I can say it because it's 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 a fact. I brought the shingles virus and the Bell Paul, Bell's palsy connection to light years and years and years ago. To such a degree that it actually worked its way around a little bit. It's worked its way around. And then, of course, it's in medical medium book one, which really got it to just take off like lightning. All through the medical communities, both conventional and alternative. Where shingles can be Bell's palsy. The very mystery thing. The very mystery thing. Now, but what shingles? Where? What? How? Well, I was the first to bring up the fact there's over 31 varieties of shingles unknown to medical research and medical science. Medical research and medical science just think there's one type of shingles, herpes zoster. That's just one type of shingles. You know, you get the rash. The rash has to be textbook. There you go. Bam. There you are. That's shingles. But that's changing a little thanks to the medical medium book one in spirit. That's changing now. It's amazing. And, and that's starting to change a little bit. And that's help from you guys. You guys telling doctors, telling people, just it's all getting around. And, and that's helpful because we're helping to change the world. We're helping to do we're, we're contributing, contributing into medicine. That's what we're doing. And the deal is with Bell's palsy is it is a shingles variety, but it's, it's one of the varieties. You can have two different shingles varieties in the body. One that gives you that, that plain old shingles, like bam, you got shingles, you got the rash, it's brutal. You got it on, on your butt, top of your butt, your hip. You got it on your back. You got it across your stomach. Ugh, 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 it hurts. But that's a different variety than the one that causes bell that causes bell palsy. You can never show you can you cannot even have a rash ever. Ever. Not one pustule will pop out of the skin and hurt. Okay? And still get Bell's palsy from shingles. And still get Bell's palsy from shingles. Because Bell's palsy from shingles is one of the 31 varieties. It's a specific variety that causes Bell's palsy, which still won't be identified by research and science for another 30, 40 years, if even. Mm-hmm. And um, just took a sip of some herbal tea. So looks like I think it's chamomile And uh, today. So anyway, the bottom line is, is it's just this one specific variety that tends to go after the trigeminal nerve. But man, you don't have to have Bell's palsy from this variety. This variety is really annoying because it can hurt the gums. It can hurt the teeth. It can burn the mouth a little bit. It can cause pain in the ear, which I really hate. I hate when someone comes to me, meaning I love when people, I love all people, but I hate when they have to go through that. I hate when someone has to come to me and they're like, you know, I got this pain that's so bad. It's completely, I can't get a diagnosis from it. It's this mystery pain in my ear and in my jaw that's killing me. I got to go on opioids. I got to go on drugs. I got to go on medications. I got to go on tons of medications to try to numb this thing up. I can't function. I feel so bad for people that go through that. 
That's a variety of shingles. That's the one that causes Bell's palsy, but it doesn't have to cause Bell's palsy too. It can miss the nerve to the face. It can miss certain nerves to the face. It can just instead slam the trigeminal nerve down lower. It can hit different parts of nerves. It's not a perfect virus where it's going to hit its mark every time. That's not how it's going to go. That's not how it's going to go. And it can go on one side or the other. It's really annoying. And you can have another shingles virus to boot that can give you shingles on the back of your neck, pustules. It can give you shingles on your face. And it's still not be that variety. And that variety can still cause nerve pain on the face and head and all this other stuff and all kinds of problems, sure. But the Bell's palsy one, you know, it, it, it can hit the trigeminal nerve, it can hurt the teeth, back of the jaw, hit up there in the ear. Ouch, ouch, ouch. You go to the dentist, he's drilling all your teeth, he's pulling teeth, he doesn't know what's happening. Now they're getting a little bit more wiser. The information they put out there is getting out there. And dentists are being very cautious. They're like, I'm not going to touch those teeth. I'm not going to touch those teeth. They don't look bad. I'm not going to go near them. I drilled out a bunch of teeth 10 years ago during a few patients who had this. I learned from the past. I'm hearing different information through other patients. I'm not going to mess with those teeth. We got something going on that's causing nerve pain. And that's what's happening now. So dentists are getting wise. It's, It's an amazing time. It's an amazing time. It is. But... When that Bell's palsy happens, though, and it hits the nerve just right, yeah, just right, and the eye droops or the face droops, and it's really annoying. Sets people back. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it doesn't hurt at all. Sometimes it's just straight numb. Sometimes they don't feel anything. It's just a droop. Depends. There's so many nerves. There's thousands of nerves, and they're little tiny ones. And if the virus kind of worked its way into a batch of nerves... Versus another batch of nerves, and that's what it could do. It can alter the symptom. It could change the symptom. And that's what it could do. So this Bell's palsy, that's the shingles variety. And even the shingles variety, these nerves, they also run to the brain a little bit. They connect to the vagus. They connect to the phrenic nerves. They find their ways until all these nerves kind of come together into the brain. There's little little places where these nerves join together, connect, or get close to. If one nerve gets inflamed and it's near another nerve, it can affect that other nerve to some degree, even if they're not even directly connected. So you can get you can get a host of different symptoms when it comes down to Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy usually hits people when they're in their late thirties, early forties. How come? How come? How come then? Because like most viruses, they tend to hit a little later. It's like the original Epstein-Barr virus. It's like the original Epstein-Barr virus in the 1950s when all the women were upset because they had hot flashes for the first time in history. They had night sweats for the first time in history. They had um, fatigue for the first time in history that was different than just staying up late or something or taking a cruise or a trip or working hard at the office or working hard on their job in the factory. They had fatigue for the first time. It was all in the late 1940s, early 1950s. This is when the medical world was developing hormones and decided to overlook what was really the cause of this. Was this the first outbreaks of real Epstein-Barr, the first big outbreaks, the, the whole swing of outbreaks, and it hit women all in their 40s. So what did, what did they do? They put two and two together, one and one together, and said, uh, this is, okay, a lady, and she's 
Um, she's 45 years old. She was born in 1900. She's 45 years old now, and now she has these symptoms. It has to be the change. It has to be perimenopause. It has to be menopause, one of the greatest mistakes in history that's still made now, and it was Epstein-Barr. So women right now, because women didn't go through the change in the old days. The only thing that stopped was their, their period. It stopped, and they got more energy. They felt better. They had more libido. They had all these things that came to them after. This, it was known. But all that changed when Epstein-Barr came into town. And when the change, the change came, Epstein-Barr snuck up on everybody, created all the symptoms, weight gain, fatigue, all these different problems. Well, when that happened in 1950, when that happened, it's like, well, why is it at this time? It's at this time because most of these viruses, they have a timeline to them. I see it happen all the time with men in their late 30s. Men get whacked, and all of a sudden they think they have Lyme disease. They're getting diagnosed with Lyme disease by, by 10 Lyme doctors that have no idea what's wrong with them. And if they're 39 years old, men that are 39 years old, and they got neurological problems, they're getting diagnosed with Lyme disease carelessly. And the same thing with women all the time now. It's either late 30s now because the, the world is different. The viruses have mutated. Stress is up. The world is a whole different place to live in now, and women have a lot more pressure on them. So they get, they get whacked around 39 now, 42, sometimes 30 now. There's different varieties that all of a sudden they're th- being 30 years old. And they got all the symptoms, Epstein-Barr, or they have their first baby, Epstein-Barr afterwards, all this different stuff. The viruses have these timelines, and this certain variety of shingles tends to wait a little bit later before it comes out. And it comes out later on. You don't see too many... Um, you don't see young women with, you know, with Bell palsy too often. It does happen, but it's very rare. I mean, it's not as rare as it used to be. It used to be extremely rare before. 20 years ago, it was almost impossible to, to see that out there. Now it's a little bit more out there. But, but mostly it's women, you know, 45, 48, 50, 39, it starts. It could happen. Um, and they get their first bout of Bell's palsy, 42, 43 years old. And that's when it happens. That's the timeline. And that's what these viruses do. It's just like the Epstein bars. There's so many varieties of Epstein bars now that, you know, they can affect women when they're just coming out of college, where they're fatigued, aches and pains. They get, you know, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and then they get diagnosed with, uh, with the chronic fatigue syndrome. Then they get diagnosed with Lyme disease. Then they get diagnosed with whatever, and they're just fatigued, and they can't, they can't work. They come back home from college. It hits them really young. You get those varieties of Epstein-Barr, and then you get the varieties of Epstein-Barr that people have with people who are 60 years old now, and they get their first wave of Epstein-Barr at age 60 where everything was smooth sailing all the way to age 60, and now they're getting the fatigue, the aches and pains, and now they get all these symptoms and some tingles and numbness, and they get the ringing in the ears. That's the Epstein-Barr. There's different varieties, different varieties that actually come later, different varieties that come earlier. I'll tell you, in thyroid healing, I talk about... Epstein Barr, some information that I've never talked about anywhere. Like it, 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 it is unbelievable what Spirit gave me. So, so when it comes down to Bell's palsy, that's just one variety of shingles. That one variety of shingles could mutate and get a little different, change and alter as years go on, and it could hit people a little younger. But for the most part, it hits people a little bit later. That's that one variety of Bell's palsy. I mean, you know, that one variety of shingles, which causes Bell's palsy. Sorry about that. Um, So what do you do for it? Antivirals. 
You could do antivirals before that. I mean, say you're in your 30s and you haven't gotten Bell's palsy or anything and you're under tons of stress. Let's do some good foods. Let's do some antivirals so we don't get it, so we don't get hit with it. How about that? How about them apples, right? We can do that. But if we have had it, we want to nip it so it doesn't come again because it could come again. Of course it can. And then it could do, uh, it could come again. It could do other things. It could hurt the jaw. It could hurt anything. So we want to protect ourselves. Antivirus. Let's talk about foods never to eat. <clears throat> Someone said to me, how come you're so against eggs? What? How come you're so against eggs? And I know that many of you know the story where when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I could make eggs like nobody can make eggs. I mean, I could scramble them. I could fry them sunny side up. I could poach them. I could throw cheese in them. <laughs> I, could throw, I could throw ham in there, right? Okay, big deal, right? Who, who can't do that? Who can't do that? But no, I was really good. They were never burnt unless someone requested a burnt egg, okay? And, you know, I got that pan hot just right, just right. You know, new one to throw those eggs in the pan, Okay, could make a wicked omelet, could throw every vegetable in there, right? Well, yeah, of course, everybody, I guess everybody can make an omelet now, right? Everybody can make some eggs, but I'll tell you, I was good. I was good. I was good. And it kind of, you know, and it bothered spirit. I did it because it bothered spirit. I love the fact that it irritated the heck out of spirit because spirits, spirits most dislike food is eggs. That's spirits most dislike food. Would you believe it? Eggs. Spirit is nothing against eggs, chicken eggs, nothing against eggs. What it was was what happened to eggs. Eggs became a food along the way because research and science used eggs to actually grow bugs. It's a grave mistake because they ruined our eggs. They ruined them, ruined our eggs. They took eggs and they used it all in the labs all in the 1920s, all in the 1930s, all in the 1940s, 1950s, all in the 1960s, all in the 1970s. They propagated tons and tons of different kinds of bugs, viruses, played around with viruses, played around with bacteria. They put egg and antibiotics, eggs and antibiotics. They messed with eggs. They ruined them. It became a food for bugs. It became a food for Epstein-Barr. It became a food for shingles. It became a food for viruses. And it's not the perfect food we wanted it to be or wanted it to be. But anyway, you know, I knew it pissed off spirits. So I, I really just, you know, I fell in love with eggs, cook them up, became an egg expert. You know, seven years old, eight years old, could cook eggs like nobody else. And I said to Spirit, you know what? I got a dream because I'm not going to do this stuff. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I know so. I'm going to have an egg shack. I'm going to cook eggs for people. People are going to come. They're going to buy my eggs. That's how I'm going to make a living. You can't tell me different. You can't stop me. That's what I'm going to do. Spirit says, you'll see. You'll see. You won't be able to do that. You're just going to hear me. And that's all you're going to do. And you're going to help people. I said, no, 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 no. So, you know, I had a thing for eggs. But... So it's not like, hey, it's not like I'm anti-egg in some way. I just, I gotta, I gotta, you know, play by the real rules, the truth rules, truth rules. That's pretty cool. You know, real truth rules. 
And what it is is eggs feed bugs of every single kind, every single way. So if you're a meat eater, keep the eggs out. Keep the eggs out. If you're a vegan, well, you're not going to eat eggs. Duh. If you're vegetarian, you're going to eat eggs, though. That's another thing. Vegetarians eat eggs. That's one of the – not every vegetarian. You know, you'll find a vegetarian like, no, I don't eat eggs. I don't eat this. But you'll find a vegetarian to be like, no, I eat eggs every day. Where, am I, where else am I going to get my protein? You know, a confusion on protein. Because protein, you know, protein's not what fuels people. It's calories that fuel people. That's how you can get up in the morning function. That's how you can get through your day. That's how you can work. That's how you can think. It's calories. It's not protein that does that. Protein doesn't do that. That's not what protein does. You take protein and separate it and just feed that to a person. They will starve to death in no time, become emaciated, and die. Because there's no calories in protein. If you, just, you can give somebody cartons and cartons and cartons of protein. Cartons of protein. And if you separate the calorie from it, which is the sugar or the carbohydrate or even the fat, and you separate that and you just give them protein, they will die. I mean fast. It's horrific. It's horrible. It was actually done before in an experiment back in the 1950s. It's just terrifying, terrifying. A bunch of people signed on to it and stupidly did it. You know, so the point is, the point, back to what I was saying, the egg, I'm ripping it apart today. I can't help it. And sadly, I don't want to, but I can't help it. The deal is, is it feeds bugs. It loves feeding the shingles. Well, shingles loves the egg is what I'm saying. It's one of its big foods. It's one of its favorite foods. You get Bell's palsy, quit the eggs. You stop them, whatever you do. Because it's a virus-feeding food, and it's not the egg's fault. It's not the chicken's fault. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's, it's actually the people in the labs. That was a food they, they actually gave bugs to keep them alive, even though they tell us bugs don't eat anything. It's amazing. Amazing. I mean, there's some smarty pants people out there in the industry that have, 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 you know, thrown on social media or something else. And they say, they say, look, he doesn't realize that viruses can't eat anything. They can't feed on anything. Oh, look how dumb he is, the medical medium. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Of course, viruses feed on something. It has to. It's just that science and research, A, doesn't know how a virus eats, and B, it does know it eats something because they raised bugs on food to keep them alive in labs all through the years. That's just the bottom line, I'm telling you. So you want to stay away from eggs. Well, that's the deal. Stay away from dairy products. That doesn't help with shingles. There's no question about it. Stay away from pork. It doesn't help the shingles. It's so high in fat that it's not good. And believe me, those high-fat diets out there aren't a great thing. They're not a great thing, even though they made them healthier by saying, well, let's do a little bit more avocado. Let's not just have it all animal fat. Let's do a little bit more avocado. Let's do a little bit more coconut oil. And how come they're doing that? They're doing that because they're learning from mistakes. Because when you go all animal fat, that's not good either. That was tried and done. Heart attack city, man. Heart attack city. So they're going to coconut oil and other and some you know other fats and some high quality oil and going with uh, avocado fat. So that's coming into the play. I mean, it's like it's 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 ridiculous. It's like 
It's like, come on. Of course coconut oil is okay for us. We could have some of it. Of course avocados are good. But you got to keep your fats low, especially if you're viral, especially if you go Bell's palsy. Vigo Bell's palsy, you got to keep your fats low. You, you can't have high fats. You don't want to eat table sugar. You don't want to eat cotton candy at the fair. But you, but you want to have fruit, which is really good for Bell's palsy. You want to have sweet potato, really good for Bell's palsy. Incredible, actually. Regular potatoes are even better for, <clears throat> excuse me, for Bell's palsy. Talking so fast here. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> So regular potatoes are really good for Bell's palsy. Amazing for Bell's palsy because they're so loaded with a, a, a bioactive lysine, one that's so strong and so powerful that it's a weapon. It's a weapon against Bell's palsy, L-lysine. Take a lot of L-lysine too. Take capsules of L-lysine plus have a few potatoes. You know, that's the kind of thing you do. You don't have eggs and potatoes because the eggs will feed the virus while you're trying to kill off the virus. And yes, you want to kill off the virus. You want to get the right zinc. If you have any concerns, you go to about what supplements are best, what lysine's the best, you go to my supplement directory on medicalmedium.com. And that's not a ploy to sell you vitamins because I don't sell vitamins. I don't have a vitamin line. I don't sell you vitamins. I don't, I don't suck you into a radio show to try to sell you a vitamin. That's a directory to take you to a place that actually tells you, hey, this, not tells you, but it's, it's we're telling you, this is what I would use. If I had Bell's palsy, this is what I would use. It's this lysine. It's, you know, it's this vitamin C. It's this. So um, medicalmedium.com and look for that. And if you're comfortable with what you got already and you're comfortable with something you have, like, who am I to change that? Just then if you think it works or feel good, it feels like it's working, use it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you want to have foods that actually are weapons against viruses so you don't get the Bell's palsy back or you can shorten its duration. Licorice root's incredible for knocking down Bell's palsy. Licorice root, lemon balm. Those two are great for knocking down, knocking down Bell's palsy. I like curcumin. That's a great one for knocking down Bell's palsy. That's a great one right there. Okay. Elderberry is actually helpful too for knocking down Bell's palsy. All right. So you got the zinc, lysine, elderberry. You got the licorice root. You got the lemon balm. Okay. You can, you can do these to really help with Bell's palsy. Monolaurin. Monolaurin. Now, coconut oil, you can eat all the coconut oil you want, and you're not going to get the monolaurin that you need. So you have to, you have to, get, um, you have to get a supplement. So monolaurin is really good. I like golden seal for helping to knock down Bell's palsy, too, the shingles virus. I like golden seal, little, little stints of golden seal. Go on it for two weeks, then take a break for two weeks. Go on it again for two weeks, take a break for two weeks. Talk to your practitioner on some dosages. Maybe your practitioner is really liberal with dosages and can feel you out and know what you need and what you don't need. And that's really helpful, too, and that's what's amazing. That's what's amazing out there. So these are some of the things you can use. I like B12 because B12, the right kind of B12, the B12 that I've been fortunate enough to introduce to everybody to get the to get that going. <laughs> Finally, a trend that's that's in the favor of someone. So a trend where adenosylcobalamin and methylcobalamin both joined is the actually way to use is what you really need to use for B12 for neurological problems. Spirit taught me that many many years ago. And I had to wait for that to be developed by geniuses out there in the world. 
And so, you know, so many good things in alternative medicine. I know I rip apart the bad things, but there's so many good things. It's not even funny. It's incredible. So the B12 you use, the right kind of B12 every day, that's important right there because it helps restore the nerves because the nerves get so, they're so stressed out. It's unbelievable because they're so stressed out from the shingles virus. So that's another great thing to use. I like spirulina because it gets rid of heavy metals that the shingles virus likes to feed off of. So I like the heavy metal detox smoothie I always offer, you know, because it helps get the metals out. And it's a gentle one. It's so gentle but effective. God, that's what we want. So that's really helpful too. Hyssop is a good herb. Hyssop, that's a good antiviral. Thyme, thyme tea, thyme water, that's good. Oregano capsules, that's good for uh, Bell's palsy. Oregano capsules, it's another one there. So we got... We got different options we can use as antivirals to um, really help with Bell's palsy. And sometimes it doesn't even take too much. Cat's claw is a great one too for Bell's palsy. I love cat's claw for shingles. First of all, shingles the shingles virus is responsible for Lyme disease. All the herpetic viruses are responsible for Lyme's disease. Lyme disease. I talk about that in book one. You can read the chapter. And um that's the real response. That's the real responsible group for Lyme. That's why cat's claw actually helps Lyme patients. That's why it helps Lyme patients. Something I've been recommending cat's claw going back 30 plus years for people with Lyme and then some that didn't have to, to live in the Lyme trap of misinformation forever. And they've been freed long, long ago. I feel so bad for people that don't know about the real Lyme information, the truth. And they just don't know because the, the, the airwaves are saturated with misinformation on Lyme. And yeah, sure. But, you know, people get mad. They get the pitchforks out and they get their torches and they throw stones because they're mad because, because they, you know, they, there's so much information on Lyme that's so, that's so crazy that they don't know who to believe what to believe. But I, I wrote a chapter in Medical Medium Book 1, and it's the viruses that cause the symptoms. The Lyme is neurological because viruses cause the neurological problems. I don't care who, what, what lab, what is saying what, that's what causes the neurological problems in Lyme. Cat's claw works because cats is, in, is, is antiviral. I love it for Bell's palsy. So that's a great one there. So... I mean, there's a lot of things you can do food-wise. You got a lot of secret weapons in food. It's unbelievable what you can do with food. Any fruit, any fruit's a weapon against a virus. I'm going to tell you that right now. Phytochemicals in fruit are antiviral. Many different fruits are antiviral. Something to think about. Leafy greens, very good. Any kind of leafy green is antiviral to some extent. Fruit is probably more so antiviral, but leafy greens are to some extent. There's, there's a lot of great stuff in food. I mean, look, if you're an animal protein lover, you just need to know, fine, it won't feed. It won't feed a shingles virus causing Bell's palsy. But if you eat too much animal protein while you have Bell's palsy, you get too much animal fat, which thickens up the blood. And it doesn't allow oxygen to get to the nerves to help, and it doesn't allow your immune system to get to the nerves to help get rid of the Bell palsy fast. If you're eating too much chicken, too much lean chicken and too much lean meat and whatever, there's still so much fat in it. You gotta be cautious. You gotta lower your portions if you're an animal protein lover. There's nothing in animal protein that's antiviral. That's not me against animal protein. I'm just telling you. You can still eat it and you can keep it in your diets. 
but there's nothing antiviral in animal protein against a virus. There's just nothing there. That There's nothing there. Now, look, if you're saying, oh, he's biased against meat eaters. No, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, if you're a vegetarian, there's nothing antiviral in dairy and nothing antiviral in eggs. It's even worse because eggs and dairy feed viruses. A piece of grass-fed lean meat might not feed viruses so much. It could feed a little if the fat content gets too high in the body. Then the viruses could they could just they could they can proliferate. So that's true. But but eggs and dairy are worse. And then if you're a vegan and you're eating nothing but just white bread all the time, you're eating that store-bought white bread, and you're eating you know whatever that kind of thing all the time. But you're staying vegan, but you're eating tons of white bread. That white bread. There's nothing in there to kill a virus. There's nothing in there to kill a virus. See, I'm not picking on one diet. But in fruits and vegetables and leafy greens and herbs and spices, everything I list in Life-Changing Foods, the book Life-Changing Foods, and many of the things I list in book one, and many of the things I list in thyroid healing are antiviral. That's the whole point. That's the whole point right there. Just seen, you know, 40 years ago, Spirit telling me when I was a little kid, over 40 years ago, Spirit telling me about antiviral and me trying to express that to somebody. Just see, it was like they thought they, were, they, thought, they thought I had four heads. But here I am, seven, eight, nine years old, and I'm trying to tell somebody about antiviral. And I'm trying to tell them about antiviral. I'm trying to tell them about foods that will stop viruses. I'm trying to tell them that their condition is viral. You should see. You should have seen what happened. It was like their eyeballs popped out of their head. They like went someplace. They like went out of body. They went out of body. I mean, people, they don't know what I've done and what I've been through. They can't even imagine. It's so funny because there's a lot of different people, psychics and different mediums and stuff like that, you know, out there now. <laughs> it's great. I'm glad we need as many healers as we can, but I'm going to tell you right now, you should have seen, you should have seen me as a child telling somebody, this is the virus you have. You have HHV6. This is what it's causing. You have HHV6. This is what it's causing. And you need an antiviral food. And this is what you need. It was like, it was like a flying saucer came out of the sky, landed right there and made a burn mark right in a, right, right on the ground in front of them. And they like went out of body because there was just, it wasn't even computable. And even <laughs> seriously, seriously. So, <laughs> all right. All right. So look, the bottom line is, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I'm telling you, telling you these things. The point I'm trying to make is that, yes, we want to do antivirals, both in herbs, both in spices and everything else. And you can do garlic is antiviral. I love garlic and onions for Bell's palsy. It's incredible. What does it do? It, go, it, 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 it defends you against the shingles virus. It knocks its army down. It drops its army down. It lowers its neurotoxin. The neurotoxin that saturates the trigeminal nerves and the different nerves, the, the fascial nerves, and it saturates those nerves, that neurotoxin, and it causes it to get defunct, and it causes it. So, boom, you got the droop. Like, wow, we got the droop. Darn, it's, it's there. I know people... They've come to me over the years, and they're like, oh, thank God, I got, I, got, I got to talk with you. 
And this is before I, I, I put the books out and all that stuff uh, years ago. And they come to me and they say, thank God I, I found you because I've had this Bell's palsy for a long time. I said, how long? How long you had it? And, and, and they would say, and they would say, you know, I've had it for 10 years. I've had this root for 10 years. And I was like, oh my God, 10 years. Yeah, you can have Bell's palsy for 10 years. You can have it for 15 years. You can have the droop and it can stay there. Your droop can go away. But but if you've been through it for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, let's make it go away. Let's get the antivirals. Let's get the right foods. I like the celery juice because it gets special mineral salts, mineral salts that are undiscovered to the nerve endings, to the nerve endings. That's a great one right there. Do the heavy metals, you know, heavy metal smoothie. Get all the heavy metals out of the nerves and out of the brain and out of all that area, out of the jaw. People get all the fillings. Be cautious. More Bell's palsy events happen for people who get the mercury fillings taken out. I can't say this enough. Okay, I can't say this enough. If you got the mercury fillings and you really want them out, do not get them out all at once. Do not get I repeat do not get them out all at once. Do not put a load like that on your nervous, on your immune system. Get one, one out at a time. One out at a time. Space them out if you really want them out. If I, I don't have any mercury fillings. And, um, and, you know, I've been lucky. I've been blessed. I've never had a cavity in my life. So I've never had a filling. Or m- my teeth have never been drilled in my life. And I've never had a cavity. And, you know, and I, and honestly, that's not genetics. That's not genetics. I promise you that that's not genes. That spirit, when I was a young age, telling me to bring in some foods at a young age to get rid of mercury and heavy metals that were inherently already in me. So, you know, so that wouldn't happen. Number one. And also to, 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 to make sure you, you know, mineralizing the teeth so I was lucky because Spirit was like, you know what? You're not going to be eating eggs. You're going to be eating this. And it'd be like eating some weed out in the lawn. I don't mean dandelion. I'm talking like some, you know, just bizarre weed, like red clover. I'd be chewing and spitting out red clover tops. You know, that's what I would be doing. You know, chewing up red clover tops and spitting them out. And Spirit told me, look, that's going to actually help your gums. Do red clover tea for any kind of viruses. It's antiviral for, for viruses when you do the teas. Do the red clover, the red clover, the flower, the flower. Do that. You know, or the plantain or the sea plantain. I mean, I was, I was down on the beach pulling sea plantain, which looks nothing like plantain. You got to be careful eating that stuff. That stuff is just wired up. I mean, you can only eat so much of that. And I was, and I would eat some of that. That had so many minerals in it, but it'll it'll get you if you eat too much. It's like fiddlehead greens. Oh my God, I've never been so sick in my life from overeating fiddlehead greens. I was on, I was laying on the floor, crying after you know going through the woods with spirit and eating. To, you know, was eat, spirit said, "Look, these are fiddlehead greens. You eat these." And I was in the woods. I said, "Okay." So I ate a couple, and I was like, "That is delicious, incredible!" And spirit said, oh, "Ho ho 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 Don't eat too many." I'm gobbling them down. Gub 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 Eating them, eating them, eating them, eating them, eating them. Fiddlehead greens filled my belly. Fiddlehead greens. I was so sick, so sick. Some of those wild foods are so potent, so intense. You've just got to be real easy with them, real easy with them. 
<laughs> All right, so we're, you know we're coming to the end of our show. Coming to the end of the show. Um, remember, you know, that's what it's about. It's antiviral. You know, go into book one, look at the shingles chapter, look at some of the antiviral supplements, even go to Epstein bar supplements. Some of those really helpful, really helpful. Um, they are. And if thyroid healing, thyroid healing is, is just a great book overall because it, it'll give you so much information on, on viruses in general. They really arm you, arm you, not just to protect your thyroid, but to protect other things, other things. You can heal. You will heal. You can get rid of old Bell's palsy, meaning if you've had it for a long time, and you can get rid of new Bell's palsy, and you can prevent Bell's palsy. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. There's no question, no doubt about it. Okay, so I want you to know that. Um, so listen, take one step at a time. Incorporate the foods when you can. Bring in cucumbers. Bring in tomatoes. Cucumbers and tomatoes. Make a cu- cucumber and tomato salad. Throw in some cilantro. Put in some parsley. Parsley's antiviral. Get some rosemary. Get some fresh rosemary. Dice it up. Put it on top of a salad. Rosemary's great for Bell's palsy. Fantastic for Bell's palsy. Rosemary. That's an amazing one all on its own. Do some sage. Put some sage on your food. Get as many antivirals as you can. Remember, you can do the hyssop tea. You can do that. It's a great antiviral. We talked about the golden seal. It's incredible for it. The lemon balm. You can do a little elderberry. You can do these mullein leaf. Get the mullein leaf tincture. Get the mullein leaf tincture. Get the right one. Go to, go to my directory or you're going to get one with alcohol or some kind of bogus one. You get the right mullein leaf. Mullein leaf is just incredible for Bell's palsy. Could you talk to your doctor, talk to your practitioner, your, whoever it is, and you, you can do three, four, ask, ask your, your practitioner if you could do three, four dropperfuls twice a day of mullein leaf to get rid of your Bell's palsy or help somebody with Bell's palsy. Very helpful. Mullein leaf is a great one. And L-glutamine is actually really helpful for Bell's palsy too, L-glutamine. Turmeric is helpful. Curcumin is helpful. Like the monolorin I mentioned earlier too, that's helpful too. So, the, you know, these are, these are simple. They're easy breezy. You don't have to go into a jungle. You know, well, you got cat's claw that's available, but you don't have to go into a jungle searching out some magical, you know, some magical herb. Some magical jungle weed to try to get rid of your Bell's palsy. It's a simple crew of antivirals plus antiviral foods. Okay, just know that I stand behind you one day at a time. I'm with you. Check out Thyroid Healing. Check it out. I promise you, you won't be let down when you start reading that one. And um, and then know that I stand behind you 100%. And I got your back. Well, Spirit's got your back. And spirit wants me to have your back too. And you take one day at a time. You know, there's nothing worse than getting hit with symptoms and not knowing what's going on. And it is, it, and I promise I'm going to do everything I can to bring that to the surface, the truth and the, and the information. So you're not lost and you're not searching. So you're not suffering because one of the things is you have to know what's wrong and you have to know what to do with it. There's half the battle, know what's wrong, know how to fix it. And that's what we got to do. This gift that was given to me is for you, and I'm going to continue to keep on putting out information, helping in every way I can. I love you. I want you to take care of yourself. Be gentle on yourself. Have compassion on yourself. Bless you. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.